This is the EWN Podcast Network. You're listening to Dialogue with Dr. D, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. Overcome adversity, fear, and feelings of failure as each episode is filled with inspirational experiences featuring professionals who can assist in your efforts. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you toward success. Dr. D is a wonder work of personal growth and success moving beyond overwhelming and insurmountable odds to become a global speaker, life coach, and author. Dr. D uses her incredible passion and captivating personal experience to support your move beyond trials, tribulations, and adversities to emotional emancipation. You don't have to do it alone. Join Dr. D today. Move beyond what's been holding you back and become the new Empowered You. Today we will discuss abuse and molestation at the hands of someone you trusted during the most vulnerable time of your life. There are four types of abuse, physical, neglect, sexual, and emotional abuse. However, sexual abuse leaves an especially crazy space in the minds of children as shared by our guest today. Today's dialogue is with Shoshana Wright. Ms. Wright suffered sexual abuse and molestation at the hands of her stepfather on a regular basis. Shoshana will share how to overcome the pain and agony associated with child molestation and what it took to have a peace of mind and return to a position of normalcy. She is finally feeling good again and has moved on from the ill feelings associated with someone taking advantage of her with no regard, absolutely no regard, but the fact that she was a child as well as his stepdaughter. Sit tight and learn how Shoshana's story can inspire and empower you to move beyond forgiving the person who negatively impacted your life during your period of total trust, your childhood. Greetings, podcast family, affectionately known as PFAM. The dialogue will positively impact your world today and will support your learning, growth, and development. Hi, Shoshana. Welcome to the dialogue. Hi. (laughs) We're so pleased that you have decided to join us today. Most importantly, Shoshana, we're excited about hearing your story because we want to know that little girls around the world can learn something and get beyond this thing called molestation and sexual abuse. Do tell Shoshana your personal story of abuse. My mom married her now ex-husband when I was nine. And prior to that, I never really had like a male figure in the house. It was just me, my mom, my grandmother, just all ladies in the house. And the most male influence I had were my uncles. 
it was definitely different <laughs> to have a man living in the house. But my mom married him in Jamaica. We didn't know who this man was, never met him, never heard anything about him. And I want to say maybe six months or a year later, she brought him to the United States. And that just was it. Like that was the new norm. And I actually remember my first uncomfortable encounter with him. Um, I was sitting on the couch watching TV. It was like late at night. So I was like all nestled up in my blanket, lights off and everything. And I don't actually remember if my mom was home or not. It's possible that she wasn't um, because she did used to work overnight. He came into the living room, like sat on the couch on the opposite end and was watching the show with me, like didn't say anything, nothing. And I was like, okay, you know, (laughs) no biggie. Right. And then he kind of like started to shift a little closer. And so I kind of like went from laying like flat out on the couch to kind of like curling up into a ball slowly, but surely on the opposite end of the couch. And at first I was like, what's going on? But, you know, he kind of like adjusted himself as if it was like, I wasn't giving him enough room on the couch. Mm. So I was like, okay. And then I got up at one point and went to the bathroom and came back. And when I came back, he was sprawled out across the couch, like how I had been originally under my covers. And I was like, uh, did he say anything during this time? No, I'm the one who was like, uh, excuse me. (laughs) I mean, like I'm still here you know I just got up to go to the bathroom and he was like oh you can sit here too and I was like we're and he basically was like you know come lay with me lay with you yeah nah I'm good and I went to bed I was like nah and then it happened again like a couple of nights later but I think because I was like so resistant the first time he changed his game you know so a couple of nights later same scenario and he sits on the couch again and I was like bruh I'm gonna let you know when I'm done (laughs) but Shoshana in the meantime did you share this with your mom when she came home the next morning I did not I did not and the reason I didn't is because I really didn't think it was that big of a deal because nothing happened, right? Well, in my mind, nothing happened. At the moment, did I know that that technically was something happening? Mm -hmm. No, but I'm like, oh, you know, nothing happened. So whatever. So he did it again a couple of nights later. And once again, I was like, yeah, not and rolled out. He would like try his hand every now and then just trying to get super close. And now I was starting to get uncomfortable. I didn't say anything to my mom, even in these several other encounters, because I perceived it as she was finally happy. Um, She finally had somebody. So you took it upon yourself to be responsible for her happiness. Yeah. And truth be told, we never really had a relationship either that made me feel comfortable, like, really voicing my feelings. Mm -hmm. So 
honestly, I just didn't think it was something that I could have done. Now, as I got older, we did start to develop a relationship where I felt I could voice my feelings about other things, but I knew for certain when it came to that man, you could say nothing. Hands off. Oh, wow. That's a <laughs> difficult situation for a young girl because there's this division between you and your mom, not having your father there. You only have her, but you have her on a contingency basis. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. I mean, a lot of my first experiences I had to go through on my own. So, you know, she and I'm not discrediting her because I feel like she did the best that she could have done in Uh, that time. Mm -hmm. But do I wish she would have tried to do a little better? Of course. Like what child doesn't? When did the initial contact happen and when did you tell your mom? So the initial contact happened maybe a couple months later when he finally like pulled his stuff out and like forced my hand to touch him. And I slapped him and was very taken aback by it. And, you know, he was like, no, 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 it's okay. You're growing up to be a young lady. You're going to have to experience this with men. It was like, I'm going to teach you. And I was like, what is going on right now? So did you, did you run out of the house? I mean, what happened? I was so astonished that I kind of was just like stuck. I was like frozen. Yeah. And it took me a couple of days to process it, to be honest. So are you saying you didn't tell your mom for a couple of days? I didn't tell my mom. So my first contact with him, I was nine my mom knew nothing about it until I was 17. You kept this inside of you for almost 10 years. So how did that make you feel going forward? Because you had to come in contact. This man lived in your home. I just went out my way to avoid him, to be honest. No, obviously there were moments that I couldn't avoid him, but I went out of my way to avoid him. And it wasn't until when I turned 17, my mom actually moved down here to Maryland. I was still in Connecticut because I was it, I was in my last year of high school. No, sorry. I was in my junior year when she moved down here. It was like ending my junior year. And she so I wasn't 17 yet. Correction. I was 16 and she moved down here. I was still home with my grandmother, but my grandmother did not live in the same house as me. She actually lived in the next city and They didn't want to disrupt my school life. So I was living alone with my stepfather. I went out of my way to make sure that I was involved in every extracurricular activity. I was out with friends. I was sleeping over friends' house. I was working because I was like, no. And clear of him. Right. But Shoshana, what, how did you tell your mom? How did Revelation finally? I never physically told her. My school told her. My school found out and reported it. And that's how she found out. So with your school finding out, what actions did your counselors take that they reported to the police? What happened and how did you get beyond this? I had been spending like the nights at my one of my one of my good friends house all the time. And her father, you know, started to get a little concerned. He's like, why are you not going home? And so he reached out to my mother and they developed a 
friendship and he became okay with it. But I don't really remember particularly this night why we were at my house. I think maybe we went to like a party or something and she spent the night at my house and she found out that I used to sleep with a knife under my pillow. And she was like, what is going on? And, you know, like any child, I'm like, if I tell you this, you cannot say anything. And she was really cool with her father. And I was like, including your dad, because I know it's going to be like big if her father finds out. And she was like, what's going on? So I told her why I had been sleeping with the knife under my pillow. And lo and behold, that night he came home from work and we were in the bed and he tried to approach us. Both of you. Yeah. He didn't know that she was in the bed with me. So when he realized somebody else was in the room, he backed off and we went to school the next day and she just kept trying to convince me to like speak on it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can. Mm -hmm. And I had a free period. I usually used to go and do my free period with my favorite teacher. Mm -hmm. She was also my homeroom teacher and she was also another, I think my social studies teacher too. I don't remember what other subject it was, but I saw her frequently, but that day in particular, I decided not to do my free period with her. I wanted to go to the library and work on some project I was working on. So I got a call while I was in the library, like, please come to Miss Palmer's classroom. And I went in there and my friend was sitting in there and Miss Palmer was sitting in there and instantly I knew what the issue was. Revealed everything. But how did you feel about that? Because what you couldn't do, your friend did. And it was really like saving you. Yeah, so- I mean, I felt like it was a weight lifted off my shoulder, honestly. And I was grateful that uh, she told Miss Palmer because... Mm-hmm. She's always had my best interest at heart. It's okay. It's okay. Because even revealing this now, I can see how emotional it still is. And I guess that brings me to, did you seek counseling? Did, was counseling provided for you? Um, I did on my own as I got older. Not really... It's okay, Shoshana, because what what this is saying to me is that you're still dealing with the suppression of all of this. It's still coming out. So podcast family, and I'm becoming emotional as well, but family, what we have to do in a situation like this, we must notify the authorities. We must tell someone, even like in Shoshana's case, she did not want to upset her mother because this man was her mother's life. But maybe you don't say to your mom, but you got to tell your grandmother, your cousin, your friend, somebody. And also there's a chat line now for people who have been impacted by this. And that chat line is online, O-N-L-I-N-E dot R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Or you can reach out to the hotline, which is 1-800-656-4673. Shoshana, can we get back to you? Because the family needs to know 
because somebody else could be experiencing right now the same thing you experienced. And this is really about uh, supporting their efforts, empowering them, inspiring them to get beyond because you got to say something. And sexual abuse is widespread and it's widespread around the world. I am so happy again that you're here to talk about this. Tell me, did this in fact negatively impact your relationship with mom? Yes and no. It did. Mm -hmm. But I think I've always been very empathetic person. And so even with dealing with my mom, as frustrated as I can be sometimes, sometimes I do know that I have to handle her like with care because Mm -hmm. she's had her own experiences. And that's part of what drove me to get therapy. Now, Mm -hmm. I didn't really get therapy specifically for this, but it was something that I did touch on numerous of times in therapy. And it's, I'm at a point where, of course, it still hurts, but I'm over it. Like I'm not holding my, my mom to it. You know, like, I don't feel like it was her fault. At one point I did, because I was like, you definitely brought a strange man into this house. Nobody in our family had ever met him, didn't know anything about him. And (laughs) I don't know how you could think that that was okay. And, you know, he wasn't vetted. Like, I don't even really know if she knew him that well, to be honest. But the question becomes outside of that, why does she feel comfortable enough to leave you in the house with a stepfather, not to mention one who's not been vetted? Right. With her. That question I can never ask. I've asked her. I mean, I've ne- I can never answer. Right. I've asked her to go to therapy with me and she's always been against it. So that's just something she's going to take to her grave at this point. But I can only speak for you know myself. I appreciate her reaction though when she found out. You know, sometimes people don't react the way she did. She was livid. I was pulled out the house immediately. She divorced him and we've never seen him again. So I can definitely appreciate her reacting that way. I wish that the way she reacted, I felt years before (laughs) because then I feel like I could have definitely been open enough to talk about it with her. But once again, we've never had a relationship where, you know, I felt that comfortable. I would definitely say for anybody experiencing something like this, you definitely have to speak. Like if I could go back and change time, Mm -hmm. even If I didn't speak about it with my mother, I would have spoke about it with somebody else. It's crazy to think, right? Because I've always been a very vocal person. So Mm -hmm. to have felt silenced Mm -hmm. in that sense, is just crazy to me. I even like, I don't even understand why that was my training. You were a child at that time. So when we are children, we act like children and we speak like children. And it takes a very, very strong person to report that because we think it's something wrong with us. We think we deserve it. We think so many different things. But my question now is, did he get reported to the authorities and what happened to him? Um, I don't feel like he did. I'm not sure. You know, honestly, I know he's still walking around the streets somewhere. 
and the school, your school didn't report him. I feel like they did because CPS was called. Okay. So I just don't really know what the aftermath of all of that was. Okay. I, I disconnected from the story. Like people, I moved in with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. After I moved in with my grandmother, I went away for college. And then I came down here and people would still be like, oh, I seen him. And I'd be like, who? And funny enough, like, you know, I I still to this day Mm -hmm. have a relationship with his daughter. I just don't speak of him. I don't even think she knows that this happened. During the course of your relationship with him, you discovered that he had a daughter you guys became sisters in essence. Yeah. Since the, since the day I met him, I knew he had Mm -hmm. a daughter, but she lived in New York with her mom while we lived in Connecticut. So we often had times where we met up and we developed our own relationship. And I felt like our relationship wasn't based off of our parents having a relationship because even after our parents separated, we still had a really good relationship. Mm -hmm. So I kind of never, I never spoke to her about it because I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to ruin her world. (laughs) But here again, you're taking the responsibility to protect others when who's protecting you. That's the thought. And I want all of our young girls to hear this. You're protecting someone, but who's protecting you? It is not your responsibility to protect your mom or your stepfather or your uncle or whomever is doing this, you are a human being and you need protection. Now, Shoshana, you have a daughter. How will you keep your daughter away from this kind of situation? I don't know. I'm figuring it out, but I do know I am in this very moment, super overprotective. Okay. Even of my son, because things happen to boys too. too. That's right. Yes. But I... I'm so overprotective that my son can't see her, his sister in the nude. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of parents ask older children to help with the younger children, not when it comes to private areas. Right. Like, and, and that's because of my mindset, you know, right. because I've known what has happened to me. I don't want that to happen to her. Like, even when her father was involved, I'd be like, mm-hmm. if you do something to my kid, Right. Trust and believe. Right. And he'll be like, I'm her dad. So fathers rape daughters too. stop what you're doing. (laughs) You know, so I'm I'm like and she gets inspected every Mm -hmm. single day when she comes home. And if something ain't right, I'm picking up the phone. I'm knocking on somebody's door. I smell her. I look all up in her hoo-ha. And I know it might be a little invasive at her Mm -hmm. little tender age of Mm -hmm. two, but... (laughs) I feel like you have to do this. So, so Shoshana, what final words of wisdom can you give to the family that would help them recognize at first sight when something is happening and steps that they can take to report it to someone. What tidbits, what final tidbits can you leave us with? Um, I think as a parent, talk to your children. Mm -hmm. Start in there, you know, like make sure that they can effectively communicate with you if someone is hurting them in any Mm -hmm. aspect, you know, have that open line of communication, let them feel safe enough to be able to come to you. And when they say something, 
believe them. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. It, I don't care if they're telling you that it's their grandfather, the mm-hmm. father that you grew up with and know he didn't do nothing to you and absolutely loved and adored you. It don't matter if mm-hmm. baby say it, granddad did this or grandma because women do it too. believe mm-hmm. them, you know, um, first and foremost. And I feel like what you were saying as far as being the victim, mm-hmm. speak up. Speak up no matter no matter what you feel the outcome is. Sometimes mm-hmm. the outcome will surprise you. And if it is what you think it will be, then at least you you said something and mm-hmm. something can be done. Because nothing we can't come up with a solution if we don't know there's a problem. Exactly. Family, friends, relatives around the globe, child molestation and abuse is universal. It is not limited to any one area. Wherever you are, who you are, know that this is wrong and you don't have to accept it. You must not accept it. Also, I want you to know there's help for anyone suffering at the hands of a predator and you don't have to go through this. It is not your responsibility to take this on. Please reach out to a trusted adult and know, even as a child, you have the ability to notify the authorities or contact the child abuse hotline. Again, that number is 1-800-656-4673. Also, the online chat is online.rainn.org. Family, allow me to give you the quick fix for today. And that is, if this happens to you, know that forgiveness is key. And one step to moving beyond is forgiving yourself and the other person. My passage today is James 1, 3 through 4, which tells us, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Shoshana, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for sharing this story that obviously still has an impact on you and your life. We want to give you accolades for stepping up. And while you weren't able to speak as a child, Your voice now is impacting people, and it will certainly inspire and empower young people, girls and boys, because it can happen to whomever around the world to move beyond. Thank you once again, and be safe out there. Thank you for listening to Dialogue with Dr. D. If you enjoyed the show and would like to connect further with Dr. D., visit drdcarroll.com. And please, please don't forget to like, share, and leave us a review on iTunes. With Dr. D's guidance and support coupled with your belief and commitment, you can succeed in your moving beyond journey. Join the dialogue today and tap into the new, empowered you. Best wishes for peace, love, and continued blessings. And we'll see you here next time on Dialogue with Dr. D. Remember, transformation and reinvention is yours.
Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.